This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Some days on the river bring a mystique that's hard to describe but incredible to feel. Trying to define mystique is like trying to get a grip on fog or jello, but we're going to take a shot at it today. We're going to talk about mystique because it's something we love about fly fishing. To experience mystique is to be taken to a different place, to someplace special. It's not something that's common. Dave, when you think about fly fishing and mystique, what are some observations that come to mind? What we're talking about is a day or a, a few hours on the river that is somehow extra special. And, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's something. Yeah, it is. It's like the memory when you reflect on it, it's burned into your mind in a, in a, in a way that's different in kind from other days of fly fishing. Yeah. Sometimes it's even, it really is hard to talk about this. Yeah, it really is. Trying to, trying to define it is, is difficult. I mean, I, I think of words like there's this sense of awe, this sense of wonder. Well, I, I can have that some days on the river when I see, wow, look at that gorgeous, you know, mountain, you know, that's just beyond the river. But I may not, or I may or may not uh, kind of feel that mystique. One of my best memories, and I actually talked about this on our very first episode, episode one, uh, was when I fished with our mutual friend, Dave uh, Hansen, years ago on the Lower Madison. Yeah. And I believe it was the last day of February, foot and a half of snow in the access parking lot. We drove into the parking mm-hmm. lot until we got stuck, literally, and thought, eh, let's not, let's, we'll dig out later. And then we, yeah. um, you know, donned on our waders and walked upstream. And there was just this moment where there was a midge hatch mm-hmm. on and the water was black so you could not yeah. see your fly and the snow mm-hmm. was coming down uh, it was I, I i have it right now as i talk about it uh, i think about it as some like place in which i was tra- i was transported into some other place yeah, yeah. i don't even know that's how to describe it that's a good way to describe it. it now i have to say i'm not feeling mystique at this moment i'm <laughs> i'm feeling sick to my stomach because uh, i could have gone with you guys and i was like no i've i've got to finish something you know, isn't that interesting? I, I never look back and say, "Man, I I, I wish I would have uh, I wouldn't have gone fishing yeah, that day." No. But I look back and think, "Oh <laughs> man, I missed I missed out on that." I forgot that you were supposed to be with us. Yeah, he said, "Hey, do you want to go?" I thought, "No, I'm busy. I got some stuff to wrap up. You and I are gonna fish in a, you know, in a few days anyway." So, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was a terrific day, but. Yeah, so that was a day that was elevated oh, yeah. into a day of of mystique. And for me, the mm-hmm. word mystique is is really almost synonymous with the word mystery. There's an yeah. aura of yeah. mystery, that's, something that's that is way. beyond what I experience most mm-hmm. days. Right? Yeah. No, I love fishing all the time, but there's sometimes you just have these days where you think, "Oh my, I was just transported into a different dimension." Yeah. Yeah. So on the face of it, it's just a regular old day of fly fishing. Yeah. But it's not, and I don't think you can script it, right? I mean, you can't say no. today I'm going to have a day of mystique. <laughs> no, you. Can't. And uh, I'm going to be transported to a different place. And so I do think it's the exception. It's not the rule. At least for me, I don't feel it every time. No, not at all. I mean, some days. I don't think it's common. No, some days you feel it, some days you don't. And 
and not every day, but boy, when you do, it's overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, I have a friend, I was telling him about uh, uh, the word mystique. I was telling him about fly fishing, and he's actually not a fly fisher. And he, he said this, he said, mystique is when you could swear you see angels ascending and descending. Place is a powerful thing. Wow, wow. And I thought, there have been moments fly fishing where you almost see angels ascending and descending. I mean, it's like the holy of holies. Yeah, man. You're you're into this moment where you see the world in a new it's like you awaken yeah. in, a, in a way to a whole nother universe. It's like yeah. you step out of this universe yep. and you go mm-hmm. into this parallel universe. Yeah. So, practically, you know, let's think about some of the the, the kind of what the kind of situations or, or conditions that are present when that mystique comes, and I, I think one of them, and this has to do with the conditions. I think some days when you feel the mystique, it's it's kind of a cold, snowy day, or or the water appears dark and mysterious. Maybe maybe there's almost a sense of foreboding. It's a it's a haunting yeah, kind of beauty. That is for sure. I mean, I, I remember a day on the Madison. In fact, I parked right where you and Dave did I, at Warm Springs. You yeah. Know, that, oh, yeah. That access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and th- this was a year where, okay, I was going to catch a, a, a trout, you know, every month of the year. And, and I did. And so I was down to December. And So that was the goal for the year? <clears throat> yeah, that was one of the goals. So I get out there. I mean, it is cold. It's, it's dark. It, it's kind of spitting snow. And I... I only fished 20 minutes, and I landed only one trout. It was this plump 13- or 14-inch rainbow. But there was this mystique. You know, here's the the river coming out of the dark canyon. I'm, I'm all alone. It's, it's quiet, except that the wind started picking up. I think that's why I only lasted 20 minutes. But, uh, you know, there was just something about it that... Uh, yeah, it wasn't the greatest day that I've ever had fishing, but but there was kind of that haunting, that mystery. Yeah, it was amazing. Was there a sense of risk? Um, yeah, I I don't know if there probably not because I was so close to the parking lot <laughs> where, you know, I'm I, like I'm not going to do anything risky on on that one. Probably there was a sense where, man, this is a cold day and I got to get off the river. Yeah, I, I don't want to mess around. So. Well, here's another observation. You've talked about the conditions, and that's absolutely the truth. For snow, that's true. I think you can fish the same stretch of river many times and not enter this mystique, but then yeah. you fish it on some day and you enter it. Yeah. So I think it was last January, uh, I had a conference up in, in Madison. I skipped out and a day and when i left it was 50 degrees i thought eh, this is perfect there'll be some risers and by the way just to butt in you never look back and regret skipping a day to go f- of, of a of work business seminar to go fly fishing no but never regretted that yeah. yeah never yeah. i never go man i should have done that yeah, yeah that, that yeah. was that was a mistake no never so i i left it was 50 degrees I thought huh there might be tr- there might the temp might trigger some hatches I drove about an hour. When I got there, it was 30 degrees. So I went, whoa, this is getting cold. And the wind started to come up. When I got off the water about an hour later, hour and a half later, it it literally was 20 degrees. Yeah. And the and the wind chill temp had to be below 10. Mm. I was so cold, and my waders were froze. Mm-hmm. The gravel guards were just, I oh, couldn't, man. I couldn't, you know, that, uh, 
the Velcro. I couldn't get yeah. that off. Oh, my hands were so stinking cold. <laughs> but I had caught two browns and I had three others that hit streamers. And now, was this mystique or hypothermia? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was yeah. hypothermia. There, yeah, there's all sorts of mystique going on when hypothermia hits. But there but was it, something about that day. And, yeah, I, and it's a real yeah. average stretch of river, yeah. right? It goes mm-hmm. through a farmer's sure. yard or farmer's uh uh, kind of the pasture, yeah, yeah, and the runs are all the same. It's a spring right. creek, and it's just it's kind of a in a, in one sense it's kind of a blah stretch of river, mm-hmm. but that that boy, I tell you that day, it, I, and it wasn't mm-hmm. that I was did I just caught those fish, but it, it was everything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, along with that, Dave, I've even felt that mystique on one stretch of river, but not another. You know, I I think back fondly to Elk Creek that we've talked about before near Augusta, Montana, and the, the upper uh, reaches of that uh, uh, creek. Uh, they come, are, are, it comes it, out of the scapegoat yeah, it's wilderness. Yeah, right out of the scapegoat yeah. wilderness yeah, 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 area. Yeah. And that is just stunningly gorgeous. I mean, you're, you're like you're in this, this theater and you look up and you see the snow covered mountains. And we were fishing it in the fall. And I think we had camped out there. And yeah. Didn't catch a lot there, but I felt the mystique. You know, then we we go down to the lower part, and it was on uh, Flossie's on her farm and a ranch. And remember, it was oh, it's great fishing, really a lot better great fishing. fishing yeah. But you know, we were in the creek bottom, and I had a blast. But I didn't feel that same sense of what of mystery, of wonder, of mystique. I. I would say that I didn't except for one time. And I don't know if you were with me because I went back there after college and in the summertime yeah. and I took mm-hmm. a friend named Dean Steiner with me and then I took my brother Matt there. And I can't remember if you were there or not, but we fished. Remember that little canyon with, we called it Sparrow oh, yes, Canyon? yes, yes. Uh-huh. And the yeah. river comes around this bend and there's mm-hmm. like this cliff that comes down. Yeah. I fished it late in the evening one night. Oh, and yeah. they were And there were these big browns that were, um, they were, you could just see their fins. Yeah. And I would cast to them. Oh, man. And to this day, I have, I, I can see it. Wow. And I'm, I am transported. I would say that yeah. would be. In fact, that just triggered the thought. I had not thought about that. But mm-hmm. the rest of the the rest of my time fishing, and I fished Flossies a lot, maybe yeah. ten times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just really don't have that kind of memory of the no, day. No, it's it's a great time. You catch yeah, a lot of fish. Catch a lot but, of fish, but meh. And that's the thing, David. It isn't always about catching no, fish. No, it's not. You know that day I described on the Madison. Like I said, I only caught one. Now, I'll say this, I, I'm not sure that I've ever felt it or felt the mystique as much on days when I haven't caught fish. I mean, that there's something about catching a fish that just, you know, that just brings it to its its zenith. Yeah. But, that's but good. I, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think of one that I've had. Yeah. I would say this, the mystique was there for me on that day when we fished 16 Mile, and, and I have a reason for that that I'll share in a little bit, but you know what, it wasn't there for me on the Gardner River when we hauled in as many fish and in fact maybe more remember that it was such yeah. a deeply satisfying yeah. day on the Gardner yeah and I'd love to relive it but I didn't have the mystique no. and no. maybe it's because I got cold yeah it's like yeah, yeah, oh yeah, man yeah. we caught so many fish yeah we're cold let's go eat 
Uh, no mystique in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're talking about fly fishing and mystique, but before we continue, uh, here's a brief word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Uh, Dave, a funny thing happened to me the other day when my order of Dr. Squatch Soap came, and yes, yeah. uh, we order this regularly. And what is that, Steve? Well, I got new bottles of shampoo and conditioner. I, I love that stuff. And so my old bottle of shampoo was still about oh, 20% full. I gave it to my son-in-law to try it uh, because he likes the soap. And later in the day, my daughter texted me to tell me that my six-year-old grandson, Colby, took a Sharpie marker and wrote his name on the bottle of shampoo. <laughs> I mean, he loves the stuff. He loves the soap. He, he Now he likes the oh, shampoo. That is so great. Uh, you know, my sons are the same way. In fact, I actually don't keep my shampoo in the rack in the tub. <laughs> you're I keep smart it, man. I keep it in the closet. And I have another type of shampoo. That, I'm serious. Yeah. Because I just like, I'm not, this, this is too precious yeah. to give to my sons, right? They, they're just animals. Dave, something else we should say too is there's always new flavors. I, I mean, I mean, there's new scents. So maybe there's your grandson scents. is eating yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm eating it. No, I know, but but you might want to eat or drink the new crisp IPA soap or the bay rum soap. But Dave, let me know if you like it. Hey, it is all great stuff. Yeah, and it's one of life's little joys is getting this order in the mail. You yeah. can soapscribe and get an order of soap delivered to your door every month. And if you'd like to purchase this, go to drsquatch.com and enter the promo code 2GUYS, 2-G-U-Y-S, and receive 20% off your first order. We love the products, and we think you will too. All right, well, now that we're clean uh, and smell great, let's get back to our discussion about fly fishing and mystique. Dave, what's another observation that we need to make about mystique on the river? We talked about this a few minutes ago, but I think for me it is true that some days it is associated with a form of risk. I remember a day deer hunting alone in Montana, walking a ridge uh, in in the cold, cold snow. Snowing, mm. um, I had my 270 over my shoulder, yeah. I was... I was alone. I had gone out alone, which probably wasn't a good idea, to be honest with you. But I walked probably 10 miles that day. And I remember at one point thinking, you know, I probably shouldn't be out this far alone. And But that day carries with it that same sense of mystique. And I, I'm not sure it's associated with risk, but that day was kind of risky. I, I should not have been out that far, given the snowstorm yeah. that was coming in wow. and how far I was from the car without any... There's not, It was back in the day with no cell phones. and So I don't know. Maybe it's associated. There's a sense... Maybe that's part of it. How yeah. about you? Yeah. You know, I, I think something else that, that I've noticed over the years for me, and it may not be true for everybody, but there's also a history to mention. And I think that involves a little bit of nostalgia. You know, I, I mentioned uh, uh, 16 Mile. I think being at 16 Mile and, and, and just seeing some of those historic uh, uh, tunnels on this, you know, this, this old railroad bed that uh, uh, Ringling Brothers used to use to take their circus equipment up to uh, Ringling, Montana. And to winter. Yeah, to winter. And, and you remember we saw that prospector's cabin, and then, yeah. of course, we see the, the place where they film that scene and a river runs through it. And so I, there's that. And then, you know, that day I was out on the Madison, right there at Warm Springs at the parking lot. 
nothing spectacular about the parking lot, but if you look across the river, you know that little bluff that's there? Yeah. Well, I've read before that there was an Indian tribe that used to winter on that that little bluff, you know, right across the Madison from that parking lot. And I, yeah, I don't know when I'm, when I'm fishing places like that, I'm, I'm mindful of that. And I'm, I'm here I am in that cold, you know, blustery winter day. And, you know, it's almost like you could see the, you know, the, the ghost of this Indian tribe. I mean, not, not really, but, but in your imagination, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. thinking, man, they, they were, uh, they were there, you know, what, what was it like for them on a day like this? And, you know, I've, I've got to say, too, whenever I fished the East Gallatin, not too far from where I, I lived in the Dry Creek area north of Bozeman and then north of Belgrade, Montana, uh, I, I would think of Clark and Sacagawea or Sacagawea. I mean, they, they walked uh, right near that, that river on their way uh, from the Three Forks over to, uh, uh, you know, the Yellowstone. And then... Then there was a guy, Jim Doig, who died in a horse accident uh, right on that property, not far from the river. And I, I, could, even, I could even see the end of the bridgers where uh, his nephew, Ivan Doig, uh, was, was with his mother in a sheep herder's cabin when she passed away. Uh, in fact, Dave, I, it's okay if I take a moment. i got to read this passage from his book, This House of Sky. I mean, this is how it begins. So if you've ever read Ivan Doig, This House of Sky, here's the opening words. Soon before daybreak on my sixth birthday, my mother's breathing wheezed more raggedly than ever, then quieted, and then stopped. The remembering begins out of that new silence. Through the time since, I reach back along my father's tellings and around the urgings which would have me face about and forget to feel into the oldest shadows for the first sudden edge of it all. Holy cow. Man, isn't that powerful? Man, you can just feel that sense of loss of his mother's death. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. And and I, I remember once fishing that, just looking up to the end of the bridgers. I, I thought about Jim Doig first, but then I thought about his nephew, Ivan. And and, and not that I'm always that nostalgic when I fly fish, but, but sometimes just knowing that I'm somewhere that, uh, hey, something's happened, or, or maybe it's even a place where I – you know, hunted, uh, fished with my dad. Uh, you know, it, it it does something for that mystique factor. I think that's why Norma McLean's book, uh, you know, A River Runs Through It, the novella, and the movie are is so powerful. At the end, he's reaching out to those he loved yeah, but are gone. But are lost, yeah. And there's mm-hmm. this sense of sadness and oh, maybe yeah. even regret, a sadness with how ephemeral and fleeting life is. Yeah, oh. And... I, I do think that in these moments of mystique, it's like this curtain parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you start to see life. I don't know if it becomes yeah. more precious. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you see, again, I, I don't know other ways to say it other than you see something beyond the three dimensional yeah. form of the moment. There's some, there, you are transported mm-hmm. to a different place. Oh, I know. I remember one evening on the Yellowstone, just, uh, just what, downriver from Pine Creek Bridge, kind of around the, the cliffs. And, and I was, uh, I caught a couple 16-inch rainbows. The, the sun was, you know, below the mountains, so it's, it's kind of at dusk. And, and I didn't see one drift boat. You know, all the drift boats had gone through for the day. And, and I could look up behind me and see where my dad and I used to elk hunt, where we used to hunt white-tailed deer. And wow. I, uh, you talk about that sense of loss and that sadness. Was he gone at that point? Yeah, yeah, he was. It was, 
let me think. It was probably it was only a year. Wow, yeah, that's oh right. My. It was it was 2003. I remember that date because uh, because I had jury duty then. But it was exactly a year after he died. So oh my gosh. Yeah, you, you know what you just said a moment ago too. C.S. Lewis, the the great you know Oxford Don, the philosopher. He he associates this mystique with what he calls an inconsolable longing. And in one of his books, he says it's the desire for something that has never actually happened in our experience. You know, and he's talking about heaven itself. He says it's the scent of a flower we've not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never visited. Wow. Yeah, and that's his uh, that's his wow. description of this uh, inconsolable longing. He says we're we're really longing for something that we haven't experience but uh, uh, we believe one day we will one last thing that is a corollary to that quote from C.S. Lewis there is something about a river and its eternal relentless flow and from where you stand in the river it has no beginning and no end right you yeah I think about standing in Bear Trap Canyon thinking about the river that's coming down Mm -hmm. and the river that's going behind us and You know, spending your days in a river is a good reminder to me about the brevity of life and the importance of making the most of your days. Yeah. I think as I think about mystique, I think it causes me to think differently about my life yeah. in the end. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, the whole topic of mystique really raises for me questions about what's important. And, yep. mm-hmm. you know, you can't, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, you can't script it. And, and right. so when you experience it, it really is just one of those mm-hmm. wonderful things yeah. that you, you, in a sense, have to experience in the moment. And then it becomes yeah. a really wonderful memory. That's very true. Good thoughts, Dave. Good thoughts. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Hey, one guaranteed way to ruin the mystique of a day in the water is to break your fly rod. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a mystique breaker any more than that. And here's a couple comments from listeners on our podcast on protecting your fly rod. Uh, This is Ed. He wrote, Hi guys, I enjoyed the horror stories related to keeping your fly rod safe. One solution to the possibility of catching the rod tip in the door of your truck or SUV, in addition to preventing placing the rod tip on top of the vehicle, uh, which we've done and driven off, is to purchase a few magnetic rod holders that attach to the fender of your vehicle. They work slick and will keep your rod from sliding uh, in and out of harm's way. I have attached a link to one manufacturer, Stonfo. That's S-T-O-N-F-O. And there are others, but I like these because they are rubberized. And then Hal offered the same advice. He said, I've broken rods on fish, uh, which is sort of okay. It was, it was a really big salmon. But I've also done it getting out of a stream, caught the tip on a thorny branch, snapped it right off, and falling on a bamboo rod. Okay, it was a rocky, steep uh, slope, and the fish were rising, so I was in a hurry. (laughs) But one neat tool that helps is the little magnetic rod holders attached to the side of the truck or car, and then always put the rod in the holder when it's not in your hands. Almost had a buddy step on one of my favorite glass rods last week when I didn't follow my own advice. Ooh, yeah. He says, luckily for me, he saw the rod, which had slipped out of the rear door of the van and picked it up for me. Oh, my 
That's great. Man, that is that's a good idea. Yeah, those magnetic rod holders. Yeah. We should get some of those. Maybe we should. You yeah. know, we're we're gadget intensive fly yeah, fishers. Yeah, we are. So, we like the new. Uh, well, that's going to do it for today. We'd love to hear about your experience with the mystique that sometimes comes with the day of fly fishing. Please comment on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. When have you experienced that fly fishing mystique? And thank you for referring our podcast to your network, your TU chapter, fly fishing club, friends. And we are really grateful for those of you who have done that. I know a lot of you have given some of our books away or our book away and just the different ways that you've passed on the word about two guys in our podcast. Thank you so much. One more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish, please find that on Amazon. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the mystique of fly fishing and the love of fly fishing. <laughs>